the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. 20 years of intelligent talk. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Infrastructure negotiations continuing between the White House and Senate Republicans. Greg Clugston reports. Talks continue between President Biden's team and a group of GOP senators, even though a deal won't be reached before the president's end of May deadline. We're going to meet sometime next week, and uh, we'll see if we can move that. And he says time is of the essence. I told him we have to finish this very soon. The White House proposes a $1.7 trillion infrastructure plan, while Republicans have countered with a $928 billion offer. Greg Clugston Washington. Busy weekend. AAA says more than 37 million Americans are either driving or flying, and it may be a chilly venture for many. Forecasters say parts of the upper Midwest and East will not get out of the 40s and 50s for a few days. This is SRN News. We can't walk a mile in their boots. We can't stand guard while they try to sleep. We can't protect them when they are in harm's way. What we can do is honor them. This weekend, we honor the men and women who have given their lives for our freedom. In remembrance this Memorial Day, we say thank you. AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Nonstop conservative talk here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Thanks for joining us. I'm Lee Michaels on the Saturday afternoon as we take a peek at that Memorial Day weekend forecast. Mid-60s today. Could see a scattered shower pop up tonight, lingering into Sunday. Tomorrow's high, mid to upper 60s. By Memorial Day, partly cloudy and mid-70s. Stay tuned for more of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with a headline of Mitch Berg next here on AM 1280 The Patriot. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back. Twin Cities and World, it's the wind beneath the right wing. The show that is making talk radio great again, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. My name, Mitch Berg. My show, the closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. My weekend, well, spent here with you, basically. I'll be here today. Uh, of course, and I'll be back in tomorrow. Brad Carlson's off on assignment, so I'll be doing the closer edition of the Northern Alliance as well. My mission to bring the truth to the Twin Cities, a place that is in dire need of same. And fortunately, the lies don't stand a chance. We are the most powerful thing in Twin Cities weekend media, which means the best thing in Twin Cities media, period. End of sentence. Hyperbole, you be the judge. 
at any rate, it's my pleasure to be here with you every weekday. And uh, we've done this something like 860, 870 times in the last 18, almost 18 years. We're hoping to do it at least as many more as this station celebrates its 20th anniversary uh, of as, as a conservative talk show sta- uh, talk station. And it's 96th anniversary, actually, uh, heading towards that as a radio station. May have to do a little celebration of that uh, this coming uh, summer here. We're coming up on it here right now. So, as I mentioned, it is Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it's always a solemn and interesting time to to do a show here on AM twelve A, the Patriot. First of all, I've noticed just a little thing I've observed places like work and dealing with kids, uh, not my kids necessarily, but other people of lesser age and wisdom there's a there's a tendency not even just among kids i mean adults do it too there's a tendency uh, among some to mix up the two big holidays they're they're, to be fair kind of close together veterans day and memorial day today uh, monday two days from today is memorial day which is the day well veterans day november 11th the anniversary of the end of the first world war is the day where you thank the servicemen, the veterans that you can, the ones who were still with us. Now, Memorial Day, well, that's the day we remember the ones that we can't uh, thank in person here, the ones who especially died in action uh, or in the service uh, serving this country and and protecting this country's freedom. Uh, I will be doing what I do most Memorial Days, by the way, uh, later today or possibly tomorrow, Monday at the very latest, uh, I'll be stopping by the same memorial I always stopped at. Uh, always stop at the uh, memorial to the USS Swordfish, which, if you've never seen it, you, you may you, you if you live in the East Metro, you've probably driven past it a thousand times and never noticed it. It's near just east of the entrance to Como Park as you drive over the little uh, hump into Como Park from the south, off to the right by the bike path and the jogging path. There is an old torpedo, a big, huge, silver-painted torpedo up on a stand. And the stand surmounts a plaque uh, dedicated to the uh, crew of a World War II submarine that was lost in action right around Christmas 1944, uh, I should say, during the Battle of Okinawa. No one knows why it was lost. Like roughly half of the American submarines, 52 to be exact, Uh, A little over 20 of them so far. No one knows what happened to them. They figure it ran into a sea mine someplace off of Okinawa. We may never know, although as underwater archaeology improves, we're finding the answers for more and more missing submarines. I mean, we've slipped down below half of them missing without the foggiest clue in the last decade or so. The uh, the swordfish is not one of those whose fate has been discovered. We do know that their crew of 66 men, officers and men, including three from the Twin Cities, two from North Dakota and one from South Dakota, uh, set out from Pearl Harbor, I believe, in the fall of 19, late fall, early winter of 1944, were doing reconnaissance and anti-shipping patrols off Okinawa, and they disappeared. Like a good 20 of the 52 submarines that uh, were lost during the war, again, no idea. So I'll be stopping by the memorial to the swordfish, which I've written about a number of times on this blog. I'll try and post a link to the piece I wrote about it a few years back uh, on my way about uh, all the other things uh, 
that the, the Memorial Day brings about. And it's, it's one of the things I do because, in a way, I am blessed beyond imagining in this world and even in this country because I have, I have a family that's been in this country for, well, most of it, not all that terribly long. Uh, of my eight grand, grandparents, uh, uh, I should say eight great-grandparents, uh, six of them were born elsewhere than the United States. Actually, five of them were born outside the United States. One was the first child of, uh, of immigrants from another country, so barely uh, born in America. Uh, the other two go back to families that have been here since in some parts of it before the American Revolution. They may have fought in the Revolution. We don't know. Haven't gotten that far back in the genealogy yet. We know some of them fought in the Civil War. For the North, thank you very much, uh, my progressive WAG friends. Uh, the uh, but that was that's it. That, that's one branch of my family, one of four major branches of my family that has been in this country since before the Civil War. All the rest of my family, the other three branches of this family, came to this country fairly recently. I mean, uh, the 1880s, the late 1880s was pretty much the first uh, when the first of my uh, the other six great grandparents came to this country from Sweden, from Norway, in one case from Quebec, which isn't technically overseas, but it's outside the United States. And over that time, they did what all Americans do. They came here. They gradually learned the language. They assimilated to American culture, more or less, I mean, pretty much more. I mean, my, my grandmother, I remember, would not teach us Norwegian because that's just not what you did. Although she spoke the language and nothing but Norwegian until she was eight years old, she wouldn't teach, teach it to us because Americans speak English, dagnabbit. I regret it sometimes. Uh, they did a lot of the things that Americans do, including serve this country. I had a number of relatives, ancestors of mine, uh, a great-great-uncle in one case, uh, who served in World War One. One of my grandmother's brothers served in World War One, among several others. Uh, I had a number of relatives serve in World War Two, Korea, Vietnam. And I have been blessed in that none of my ancestors that I know of since at the very least after the Civil War has died in the service of this country. And that makes my family pretty lucky. Americans have little idea of how costly war traditionally is. And I say that not to be pedantic in any way. We haven't had a truly ghastly, costly war in a long time. I, the Civil War was far and away the, the most dreadful war that the United States has ever had. Uh, 600,000 Americans died in the Civil War, which is a lot. And then you realize that was in a nation with a population of about 32 million people. Conveniently, roughly one-tenth the size that the United States is today in terms of population. So 600,000 dead proportionally to that population would be the same as 6 million Americans dead today. If you can imagine a calamity, much less a war between brother and brother, between state and state, killing that many people, Six million Americans today to keep it in scale. 
That's an awful lot of Americans who died for their defending their version of society, North or South. It's a horrific uh, rate of carnage. And World War II, for that matter, you consider 400,000, roughly, 400 and I think right around 420,000 Americans were killed or are still missing from World War I, uh, World War II, rather, World War II. And that's bad. I mean, that's eight times as many who, as those who died in Vietnam and in less than half the time, roughly a third the time, uh, and, and many, many times more than died in the war on terror thus far, many times more, especially considering that the population of the United States between 1941 and 1945 was a little less than half what it is today. 160 million Americans suffered 400,000 dead. If you took those casualties and put them in proportion to today's population, it would be close to a million Americans dead, 850 to 900,000 Americans dead in proportion to today's population. Less costly in proportion than the Civil War by quite a stretch, ghastly uh, more than than Vietnam, which, again, you adjust for the population growth since then, would be about 70,000 dead, roughly one-tenth the rate, the, the deaths per capita. I, I don't want to make this into a matter of grind, uh, crunching on numbers, but it is interesting to know the numbers, how how many Americans, families, like your family and mine, lost one of their relatives, a, a father, a brother, an uncle, a son, a nephew or a niece or a sister uh, to one of the wars for this country. And these people I salute, I can't imagine uh, the what what that is to look back in history. I, I, can, I have rather I have to imagine it because it's not part of my own family history. And so I want to spend some time this hour talking about what Memorial Day means to me, to conservatives and to our society. On the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Is there anyone home? Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. 
The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-860-4610. 800-860-4610. That's 800-860-4614. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call one 800 366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org Pro-Life Across America Educational, non-political, and tax-deductible A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception Pro-Life Across America Take your favorite Patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. Just search for AM 1280 The Patriot in the App Store. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Mitch Berg uh, in today and, by the way, in tomorrow, the whole Memorial Day weekend. Brad Carlson off on assignment uh, tomorrow and well-deserved it is. Of course, he'll pay pay it back later on here. Have no fear. Uh, Say, don't forget, if you like what you hear on AM 12, A to the Patriot, well, it's the format so nice we run it twice. We've have our sister station, AM 1570, Freedom 1570, we call it, and that's what it's about. Freedom is in its name because freedom is its game. And like the Patriot, well, it's here for you. If you like any of the other broadcasts you hear on the AM 12A, the Patriot, you're going to love a whole bunch of the stuff on the, the 1570 as well. We got Charlie Kirk, we got Dana Lash, we got Ben Shapiro, all of which well worth checking out every single day. If for some reason that the folks on AM 1280 uh, give you a need for a break, you, you got well, actually what you just do is you catch podcasts from both stations and listen to both at the same time. That would be amazing. Anyway, uh, AM 1280, The Patriot, Freedom 1570, the format so nice, we do it twice. So, uh, special uh, Memorial Day edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network today. And uh, as I was pointing out in the first uh, segment, uh, to, for me, Memorial Day is somewhat abstract. I celebrate it. I observe it. It's not really a celebration. I observe it uh, at, uh, in, in close proximity to the, the veterans and people who died in the service of this country that I can actually 
find and, and get around. The, the crew of the USS Swordfish, an American submarine that, as I mentioned during the previous segment, was lost without a trace in 1990, uh, 1944, around Christmas time, uh, towards the end of the war. No one knows what happened. And that's what I have to because in my family, there are no uh, honored dead, if you will. We have plenty of honored people who lived out normal, natural lives, and for that, we're all profoundly thankful. And it's come close. I mean, I've talked at various times on the program and in my blog about the service of my ex-father-in-law, who was a Navy destroyerman during World War II. And there was the concomitant story of his older brother, who joined the Navy in the 1930s during the depths of the Great Depression, rose up to petty officer rank and was killed in action on another destroyer. Uh, in uh, one of the battles in the South Pacific when it accidentally got hit by a Japanese torpedo aimed at an aircraft carrier, which, by the way, also got hit by a torpedo. Both ships were lost that night. Uh, at any rate, that was the one relatively close member of the family who died in the service of this, of this country. Not my blood family and not my legal family anymore, but still a uh, family with whom I remain close enough to to pay attention to these things. So there's nothing I can tell you personally about Memorial Day, about what it did to me, to my family, to uh, and to this nation that you haven't heard a million times from people much closer to the issue than I am. People who've lost actual families, people who can look back at family trees interrupted by wars to defend this country. I, I talk occasionally on Memorial Day and Veterans Day about the... Uh, the movie, The Best Years of Our Lives, which if you've never seen it, uh, especially if you have a kid who's never seen it and has little concept of what life was like in the United States during and after the Second World War, I, I highly urge you to watch it yourself and maybe bring your family to it. It's roaming around out there, here and there. You can you can find it. It's from 1946. It's... Um, for my money, pound for pound, William Wyler's best movie. It's a classic. It, it won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1946. It was a story of three GIs, servicemen who came home from World War II, a, a, a guy who used to be a bank loan officer and a family man who'd spent the war as an infantry platoon sergeant. Kind of an interesting story there, uh, middle management becoming a sergeant. Uh, a guy who grew up as a soda jerk and kind of a ne'er-do-well who'd Made well in the military, become a bombardier on a on a B seventeen, and I uh, won a distinguished flying cross. And a sailor who lost both of his hands when his ship was sunk. By the way, uh, they were replaced uh, replayed by Frederick March, uh, who by the way won the best Oscar, uh, actor Oscar, uh, who played the platoon uh, the banker and platoon sergeant. Dana Andrews is the bombardier, and uh, Harold Russell, who had actually lost both of his hands uh, in an accident basically a training explosion when he was a paratrooper, who, by the way, won the Best Supporting Actor Oscar for that role. I mean, it was a big, clean sweep and a well-deserved one. Um, the movie was all about the difficulties the veterans of the day had in readjusting to life back home in the civilian world after the war. And, and it shows that the topic didn't just first occur after Vietnam. And again, if you've never watched it, I'd say don't watch another movie till you've seen it. It's up there with any of the other great uh, movies and miniseries of the American history canon. A Band of Brothers, of course, pops right up there. Uh, 
best years of our lives, got seven Oscars, and, and it's been admired by generations from an America that got what it was about at the time. It, it, it told a story that so many veterans that survived couldn't and didn't for many decades to tell. And World War II was different, of course, and people today have a hard time, as I was explaining some of the numbers earlier, that was scratching the surface. Twelve million Americans served out of a population of half what we have today. That'd be equivalent of uh, 24 million Americans picking up and going elsewhere. Can you imagine that? That's one out of 13 Americans then and now in that case. Like I said earlier, 400,000 of them died of all causes all over the war, uh, which is one out of every 30 that served. That's one American out of every 100. If you can imagine one percent of all Americans dying violently or otherwise today over the course of three years, one American out of every 400, I should say, every pretty much every family, my own included, had a service member. Granted, my dad was nine when the war ended, so it wasn't him. But virtually everybody at that time knew a family that lost someone. I mean, back then, 70, going on 80 years ago, everyone just about was close to the war. And just about everyone was close to someone that died. Even my father, who was six years old when World War II began, and and, seven, anyway, a young kid, five years old when World War II began, nine when it ended, uh, knew someone who died in the war. Uh, it was a neighbor kid two doors down, uh, one of a large Polish family, a railroad workers who lived in my hometown and my dad's hometown, as luck would have it. And uh, he died as a Marine on Iwo Jima. So it was part of everyone's life back then. And it's hard to explain to Americans today the, the loss that we've suffered. Now, over the course of 20 years of the War on Terror, there have been about 6,000 military dead, actually probably closing in on 7,000 in the past, going on 20 years now, which is an incalculable loss for some of our nation's best people, including some of you in this audience. I, I know I've talked to some of you in this audience who have lost family members, children, siblings, people close to you in the war on terror. And I know them too. High school classmates of mine lost their oldest son, someone I remember as a child, as a baby, when I was in college. It's a horrific toll, an incalculable loss of some of this nation's best people, some of the people who at perhaps the poshest time in human history. I, that's the part that blows my mind, the part that I, that I consider. In the aftermath of the Great Depression in World War II, or in the aftermath of, of the various travails of the early part of the 20th century, joining the military to go off to World War I or World War II was a lateral move for an awful lot of Americans. I know a lot of the, the, the young men who went off with my hometown's National Guard unit thought it was a great way to get away from the dust bowl. But these are people who picked up, in many cases, interrupted lives at one of the best times in human history. One of the best times to be alive in human history. Uh, A time of unimaginable prosperity, 
unimaginable throughout all of human history, freedom, imperfect as it is, to go off to fight a war. And in 7,000 cases, not come home. Now, six, 7,000 dead in, in, in 20 years is about the same death toll as, as we suffered in three weeks on Iwo Jima or a couple of months in the waters off of Okinawa, where my ex-father-in-law served. Most Americans can name someone who died in the service of this country, but for the vast majority of this country, that person they can name comes from some far branch of their family tree or some far reach of their social circle. And and this is what I remember as someone who was never that someone else. I mean, as someone who considered joining the military a couple times— in high school, again after college, once again in my mid-20s, but like 99% of people of my generation, yeah, I took a different path. Not necessarily uh, without regret, but it was the path I took. And so for me, like most of you, to be honest, this, this war lately, the war for the last several generations of Americans, certainly that's the last two that have passed since the Vietnam War, this war has become something fought by somebody else, something someone else's family has to dread. Deployments other people's families get to sweat bullets over. Other people's family being watched climbing onto buses or planes and other people sweating bullets about reports of violence on the news and counting the hours until their loved ones come home in all too many cases to start the cycle all over again. At any rate, that's Memorial Day for me, something that I celebrate and observe in the abstract in all hopes that those of you for whom it is real, for whom it has meant an empty place at family dinner, Uh, for Thanksgiving during the holidays, for whom it has meant a chopped-off branch of the family tree or a a, a erased corner of the the social circle confined the, the, the thanks from a grateful nation that you truly deserve. And the other thing I think about on Memorial Day, well, we'll come back to that in just a moment here. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, special Memorial Day Saturday edition of the Northern Alliance. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. My company is the only one of its kind that provides you with bids on home improvement projects from multiple contractors after one short meeting with me. Hi, it's Ryan with my three quotes. Patriot listeners have been contacting me to find out all the projects I can help them handle. Let's start with doors and windows. Whether you're looking at big brands like Marvin, Anderson, Pella, or local vinyl brands, I can get you the best prices and installers to take care of your needs. And I can't stress how many people have saved thousands of dollars from previous bids they got. Then there's siding. Whether it's James Hardy, LP SmartSide, steel, or vinyl, I can help you design and get the best value in beautifying the exterior of your home. Soffit, fascia, and gutters can also accent any siding project. For roofing, I work with all the major brands of asphalt shingles, and yes, I'm happy to get you quotes on any approved storm damage. 
For the easiest way to get the most competitive bids with one simple meeting with me, visit GetMy3Quotes.com to set an appointment. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Warning. Warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Right today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack Barbecue, Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of, well, you know the drill, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And, okay, I'm going to give you a little more of a tease here because I don't get to do this very much. The Northern Alliance Radio Network has been in business for a long time, by radio standards almost unbelievably long, especially from uh, for a show on a on a little AM station on the right side of the dial that could. The Northern Alliance, even more so, has been one of those things that you, no one would have predicted we would be here all going on 18 years later, least of all us. Uh, as I mentioned during our 18th anniversary, 17th anniversary show back in uh, March, uh, literally we had people thinking, ah, if we get three good weeks out of this, we'll be happy. And here we are still chugging away. But... We've gone through a lot of evolutions over the years. When we originally started, it was seven. Actually, originally for the first day, it was nine people uh, collaborating on this show. Uh, gradually, it evolved outwards into uh, three different shows. The uh, the, the the first, the John Hinderocker, uh, what was it? John John Hinderocker, Brian St. Paul Warden, Chad the Elder from 11 to 1, myself and Ed Morrissey from 1 to 3, King Banyan and Michael Broadcorp from 3 to 5 for a while there. And that followed on the uh, Taxpayers League live show. So for a while there, we had eight solid hours of live red meat conservative talk every Saturday afternoon and late morning. Now, for these last 10 years now, the NARN has 
evolved into what it is today. And we've been very stable at this, by the way, for the past decade and change now. Uh, it's been myself, Saturday afternoons from 1 to 3, the, the headliner edition. Brad Carlson from 1 to 3 Sundays, the, the closer edition. And then King Banyan, Saturday mornings on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. For 10 years, the Narn has been those three shows. But starting soon, there's going to be a fourth Narn show. Wait, what is Mitch talking about? Yeah, there is going to be a fourth edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's coming up very, very soon. When? Well, you'll have to tune in tomorrow. As I am filling in for Brad Carlson, who's off on assignment tomorrow, I get the pleasure of introducing the new broadcast coming up in the next week or two here. Stay tuned. And by when I say stay tuned, I mean literally, not figuratively. We've got got the announcement coming up, I believe, fairly sure I'll be able to do it tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to it. That's right. After 10 years of absolute stability, the Narn is growing again. And I could not hardly be happier. Either will you, by the way, if you're a big listener to this station. It's going to be I, I know who it is. I know who the uh, the star of the of the new episode, the host, I should say, of the new episode of the Narn uh, is going to be uh, every weekend. You're going to be happy as well. So stick around. Join me tomorrow from one to three as we go into more details. Oh, this is exciting stuff here, folks. Uh, I'll, I'll, this, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this next uh, 18 years on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, you never know what's going to happen next here. So uh, 651-289-4488. Uh, I'll be back here tomorrow with much more here. So as we're talking about the first half of the hour, uh, there were really two sides to Memorial Day for me. Now, the first part, we just spent the first half of the hour on the, the remembering those who've died to keep this country free. Uh, and for that, as I pointed out towards the end of the segment, last segment, uh, th- th- that's absolutely the case. I mean, the, the, the gratitude goes deeper than I know how to express. Uh, and, and there are a lot of them. Uh, well over a million men and women have died in the service of this country in, in wars, Huge, like the Civil War, World War II, World War I, and some small wars, some of them almost forgotten, the Philippine insurrection of the 1900s, early 1900s, or, or Desert Storm, which people remember, but it was, in the great scheme of things, uh, not the bloodiest war we fought, and thankfully for it. And for their memory, and the ones who lived and are still with us, all of them deserve a world of thanks. But there's another side of Memorial Day that I can't help but observe. And I, in fact, I do observe this time every year because, in a sense, it's the most important part of Memorial Day. Not just paying, th- not that paying thanks to those who died for this country isn't vitally important. But there's another aspect to it that gets short shrift, especially in the hustle and bustle to celebrate a three or four day weekend. Uh, this is a something that a friend of my blog, who, by the way, is a Navy veteran, as it happens, uh, he posted it on his uh, Facebook page a couple of years ago, actually. This is something that came out back in uh, 2014. 
And it reads as follows, quote, Good morning, all. It's Memorial Day weekend again. Instead of exhorting patriotism and thankfulness from folks who don't want to hear it, I'd like to remind you that our government is keeping tabs on all of us. They're flying drones over our homes and collecting our communications. There are cameras everywhere taking our pictures, recording our movements. Our local police are now a military force equipped with heavy weapons and armor. If you've made any firearm-related purchases or frequent arms-related websites, your name is on a list somewhere. If you happen to belong to a conservative political group, the IRS has your number, but don't feel left out, progressives. Sooner or later, they'll get around to you, too. This was seven years ago. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Anyway, back to the quote. If this situation is not okay with you, what have you done about it? Written anyone? Called anyone? Showed up in person anywhere to get in your legislator's grill? If you don't care enough to protect the freedoms so many have died for, please don't post a bunch of smarmy pictures and canned slogans. I don't want to hear it. This is a Navy veteran who shall remain nameless, but the sentiments uh, are are absolutely spot on from, for, from my perspective. Yeah, there is a place for the simple and the sentimental, of course. And no one is going to begrudge the descendants, the relatives, the siblings, the spouses of those who have died, the place for, for the, the, the simple, the sentimental, the, the grateful. But the writer is absolutely correct. The real challenge facing all of us, those of us who haven't died in the service of this country, is to make sure that this country is and remains worthy of that sacrifice. In short, to make sure those who died didn't die in vain. Now, the people who founded this country, the people who are the veterans of the first of our wars, the American Revolution, knew perfectly well that the greatest threats to this nation's freedom were not from overseas. And that's more true now than it ever was. Because 240 years ago, while we were not vulnerable to being conquered from overseas, the, the Atlantic at that time was an amazing barrier, even against the world's, at that time, the greatest, well, then and now, the greatest empire the world's ever known, the British. But it didn't protect Washington, D.C. from getting burned. It didn't protect vast swaths of the American coast from the depredations of a British empire that didn't take losing the revolution all that kindly. But we've generally been fairly safe from attack from without to the point where it's something we've never really considered other than in movie fantasies like Red Dawn 35 years ago. It's just not something that's going to happen. But as we pointed out, this country is immune to threats from overseas, short of nuclear missiles. That's a new wrinkle on the whole thing, but that will leave nothing for anyone to conquer. But in terms of being conquered, being subjugated from without, it is not going to happen. It, there's lit or literally, there's never been less of a threat of being conquered from overseas, from, from foreign actors, 
than there is now at this point in our history. There was little enough threat that the Japanese or the Germans could ever get near our shores in any kind of strength. The British were the last people who could make a credible show of it, and that only counted for burning down Washington, Washington D.C., for burning down the Capitol, which, say what you will about it, uh, you believe it or not, tell a progressive friend of yours, there was violence in D.C. before January 6th. They may not believe you, but give it a try. This country is not vulnerable from without, but it is deeply vulnerable from within. As I've pointed out in the past for people who huff and puff about Ilhan Omar and, and, the, and the religion of the, of the Somali immigrants, this country has stood the worst this world has had to give us for two centuries and change. The greatest empire in the history of the world, Nazism, communism, socialism, all of the isms, we have fought them off and done it with style. A 7th century ideology that can't feed its own people and keeps its women subjugated certainly isn't going to do it. No, the only people who can defeat us are, are those from within. And those are the ones we're worried about here. At any rate, throughout our history, we've been blessed with just the right people to pick up the slack when they've been needed. And these days, we all have slack to pick up, which is why we're here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for tuning in on this Memorial Day. Much more to come. Go nowhere. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network special Memorial Saturday edition. AM 12A, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com HR. That's bamboohr.com HR. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. 
And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. Do you need a new battery for your lawnmower, boat, or motorcycle? Full Service Battery offers the lowest prices on batteries in town. Need batteries for your golf cart? Full Service Battery will recycle your old ones and even install the new batteries. Let local family-owned Full Service Battery put their over 20 years of experience to work for you. They can even custom build a battery cable if you need it. There's only one name you need to remember for batteries, and that's Full Service Battery. Search them online, Full Service Battery. You can listen to AM 1280 The Patriot on all Amazon Echo devices. Simply ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis, and you'll hear your favorite hosts. This is Dennis Prager, and thanks for listening to me on your Alexa device. Welcome back. Twin Cities and World, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve A, The Patriot. I am Mitch Berg. I'm in today, and I'm in tomorrow, filling in for Brad, off on assignment, enjoying the Memorial Day weekend. Well, no, he's off on assignment. Yeah, that's our story, and I'm sticking by it. Anyway, it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow. I wish him all the best. By the way, uh, yeah, so much. By the way, stay tuned. Uh, my band Elephant in the Room has all kinds of gigs coming up. It's going to be a busy summer, and I would love to have you join us for some of those uh, shows out and about. And anyway, it's a special Memorial Day Saturday episode of the uh, Northern Alliance, and I'm reminded by uh, of as I as I discuss both the loss that so many families have experienced over the decades, over the centuries in this country, uh, as, as parts of their families go off to fight and in some cases don't come back, and the imperative to make sure that the country we leave to our children is worthy of that immense, incalculable sacrifice. Let's keep in mind what that sacrifice has gotten us. It reminds me of a poem uh, whose author I've forgotten, but I, I have it socked away in the recesses of my blog from about 14 years ago uh, from a, another blogger. Uh, I'll, I'll Maybe I'll look it up later. Maybe I won't. But the poem has sentiments that make perfect sense uh, today. And I quote, It's the soldier, not the minister, who has given us freedom of religion. It's the soldier, not the reporter, who gave us freedom of the press. It's the soldier, not the poet, who has given us freedom of speech. It's the soldier, not the campus organizer, who has given us and protected the freedom to protest. It's the soldier, not the lawyer, who brought us the right to a fair trial. It's the soldier, not the politician, who's given us the right to vote. It's the soldier who salutes the flag, who serves beneath the flag, whose coffin is draped with the flag, who allows the protester to burn the flag. 
So this is the day when Americans, this is the weekend, to be honest, when Americans pay homage to those who've died defending this country. So along with remembering the sacrifice, although we need to remember the results of the sacrifices, uh, and along with keeping in mind the fact that we need to make sure that that's, that we leave a country that's worthy of that sacrifice, it does us well to remember the results of those sacrifices, as the passage above that I started off the segment with noted, that sacrifice has gave us given us our independence, the credibility of our independence. Yes, our expansion and viability as a nation, and of course the sanctity of the Union and of human freedom itself. I mean, remember, the abolition of slavery didn't come for free. And Ron Paul can hypothesize about whether slavery would have ended on its own. Maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong, but it did not. The sacrifice saw to the viability of the free world itself. I thought about that this past week as I was observing uh, events related to the fall of the Berlin Wall going back a little over 30 years now. Hard to believe from my childhood it would ever happen. And it would never have happened if the resolve of the American people and the American service person to defend freedom, even freedom of people, not their own countrymen in Western Europe, were not absolutely unquestionable. And that unquestionability was bought with the sacrifice of hundreds of thousands of GIs who took that continent back from a previous generation of absolute despots. But what about the 7,000 Americans who who died in the war on terror that's still dragging on 20 years later? I mean, over the last 20 years, we've had any number of people who insisted that that sacrifice was in vain, who would make that view of our national policy. Indeed, make certain that the war on terror is regarded forever as a national nightmare. John Hinderocker wrote something decades, over a decade ago, showing us that's not the case. The world, even during the halcyon days before 9-11, the world was a dangerous place. Hinderocker wrote, February 1988, Marine Corps Lieutenant Colonel Higgins, chief of the U.N. Truce Force, was kidnapped and murdered by Hezbollah. And that same December, Pan Am Flight 103 from London, New York, was blown up over Scotland, killing 270, including 35 from Syracuse University and a number of American military personnel. 1991, November, American University in Beirut was bombed. January 1993, a Pakistani terrorist opened fire outside CIA headquarters, killing two agents and wounding three. In February of that same year, the World Trade Center was bombed, dress rehearsal for 9-11, killing six and injuring more than 1,000. January 1995, Operation Bojinka, Osama bin Laden's plan to blow up 12 airliners over the Pacific Ocean, was discovered before it succeeded, barely. That same November, five Americans killed in an attack outside a U.S. Army office in Saudi Arabia. 1996, a truck bomb at the Kobar Towers killed 19 Americans, injured 240. In June of that same year, terrorists opened fire at the top of the Empire State Building, killing one. 
January, uh, February of 1997, a Palestinian opened fire at the top of the... Uh, I said Palestinian. I already said that. Terrorists murdered four American oil company employees in Pakistan. January of 98, U.S. Embassy in Peru was bombed. That August, simultaneous bomb attacks on U.S. embassies in, in uh, Kenya and Tanzania killed more than 300 people, injured 5,000. 1999, Egypt Air Flight 990 crashed off the coast of Massachusetts, killing 100 Americans among more than 200 on board. The pilot yelled Allah Akbar as he steered the airplane into the ocean. Suspicious, huh? Uh, in, 2000, uh, in October 2000, a suicide boat exploded next to the USS Cole. September 2001, of course, we all remember, 9-11 happened. And onward and onward from that. And since then, of course, it's been a running trail of such episodes. And so we know from that record that even in times of peace, the resolve of the American people and the service, service men and women who project that will and that resolve around the world for us is always being tested. And if you look at the current administration and wonder if they will have the the fortitude, if you will, to maintain that resolve, to make that the, the centuries of sacrifice in the name of that resolve worth it or in vain by the opposite token. Join, you can join me with that. I'm worried as well. I have felt much more confident about other presidencies, shall we say. And so this Memorial Day, you and I need to be thankful for those who made that ultimate sacrifice and their descendants who carry that memory on. Uh, we need to make sure that we leave a country that is worthy of that sacrifice. We need to make sure that the people we elect to run this country make sure that that resolve as well as that sacrifice is not mistaken, not only not treated in vain, but not only taken for something completely wrong. That is our mission here, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're here for. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow. I'll be in for Brad Carlson. Thanks for stopping by. God bless you all. God bless America. Through generations of fighting, anger, and pain, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is still one of the most contentious and misunderstood issues of our time. Raising the question, is it possible to truly love your enemy? In the new film, Hope in the Holy Land, filmmaker Todd Moorhead discovers the truth behind the headlines and misinformation with personal stories from Jews, Muslims, and Christians in their own words, offering a beautifully produced, politically nuanced, and morally sensitive look at both sides of the conflict. Bishop Kenneth Ulmer says the movie is embarrassingly enlightening. Ambassador Michael Oren calls it a candid, courageous journey through the complexities of the conflict. Hope in the Holy Land takes an honest look at the history and history in the making as you've never seen before. Don't miss Hope in the Holy Land. Available now at SalemNow.com. Watch this film and pass it on. Go to SalemNow.com today. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. I'm Staff Sergeant Smith Akal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex I'm Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women 
from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Celebrating two decades.